Today's scripture reading is Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groaning all day long, for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not, like, sorry, do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you, you righteous. Sing all who... All you who are upright in the heart. This is the word of the Lord. Hello. 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 Good morning, everybody. Um, my name's Cal, and... Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, this is my lovely wife, Isabel, and she's amazing. Um, and I've also got my mother-in-law here, Lark, and my mum, Heather, who's really good friends with Shannon and Lee. And that's kind of how I've met them and wound up here. So, um, I'm getting a bit dry already. Um, Man, I really enjoyed that worship that I've just been so blessed just by being here already. And, you know, the words in some of those songs are just, are just amazing, aren't they? Um, you know, my sin, not in part, but in whole. Just, if we, if we believe that stuff during the week, um, we'll be the church, you know? If we sing it when we come on Sunday... That's awesome and that's amazing. But if we believe that stuff throughout the week, that'll transform our lives. That's, that's what the gospel does. Um, it's just so good. And I love it because it's just, there's so much of the stuff we've just sung is the stuff that we're, we're going to talk a bit about. Um, I've probably had a bit of a taste of what it's like for you, Lee, because I honestly think I could talk about this psalm for about three hours. <laughs> but I can't, so... Don't freak out, I won't, um, but if you have to chop me off, chop me off. <laughs> um, so the, f the first, you know, we'll start at the beginning. Um, it's awesome that we read that out. I'll just read out the first two verses again. Blessed is the man, or blessed is he, whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute iniquity, and in whose spirit um, there is no deceit. So blessed, um, you know, the word here is, is talking about happy. It's not, it's not just a, um, oh yeah, I'm blessed. It's, 
It's actually talking about a manifestation of, of, of what this truth will do to you. So he's saying, happy, blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven. And, um, you know, that's us, isn't it? That's us. If we believe all the songs we've just been singing, we're, we're the ones whose transgressions have been forgiven. And um, Paul talks about this in, um, in, in Romans. I'm going to dip in and out of a few places in the New Testament quickly, but in Romans, in Romans 14, ah, I was going to do all bookmarks, but I didn't, so you have to bear with me a little bit. But Romans 14, um, verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So it's talking about this, it's talking about an expression of this blessedness that happens when we actually believe that we're forgiven. When we believe our transgressions forgiven and our sin is covered and the Lord's not imputing our sin against us, that actually leaves us clean. That actually leaves us justified. The word justified means rendered innocent. It means we've been made right with God. And so the, the effect of that is righteousness and righteousness outworks when, when we actually live righteous before the Lord, when we live forgiven before the Lord, it outworks in peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, which is what um, David's talking about here when he says blessed, when he says happy, he's talking about, man, there's actually a joy that comes with being forgiven. There's actually a joy that comes um, with having your sin taken away. And so, um, oh, whoops, I shouldn't have done that. Sorry. Uh, I was going to read another one from there as well. So Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of all hope fill you with all joy, not some joy, all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So the strength of, of, of what David's saying here is, is not just in, it's not just in, under, having a theological or a doctrinal understanding that I'm forgiven, it's living forgiven. It's actually, it's actually living by faith in, in that truth it, because we get filled with peace and joy in believing. Does that make sense? So it's an it's a active thing. It's not, a, it's not a, um, a positional understanding that we've been justified. It's living with that conviction. And that is something we'll talk a bit about how we can do that in a little bit. But... Um, Romans, Paul talks about this exact passage, which is just awesome. <laughs> I was reading Romans the other day. I haven't read it for a few months. Um, and I, I found this. Paul talks about this psalm. So, so good. So Romans 4 verse 2 says, If Abraham was justified by works, which means if he was rendered innocent by works, he has something to boast about. But not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So it's not, it's not um, and, and I'm not making light of it, worship is amazing and we lift up our heart like we talked about in that soul, you know. Um, oh my soul, we're, 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 gu- we're guiding our hearts into this truth. We're lifting up our soul like David prayed a lot in the Psalms. We're, we're engaging our heart with this truth. But it's not just singing it and it's not just having a theological understanding it's Abraham believed God, and that's when righteousness comes. It's when we actually start believing in the face of where we've been, what we've done, we actually start believing that we've been made right with God, that we've been forgiven, which leaves us clean before Him. 
When we start believing that, that's righteousness. That's when righteousness comes. It's a gift. Romans 5, 17 says the gift of righteousness. So what does the script say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now, to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly, renders innocent the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So if we believe we're forgiven, we actually believe we're righteous. That's what it means to believe you're forgiven. Your sin's been taken away and all that's left is right standing with God. So um, his sin is, his faith is accounted, not his sin is accounted for righteousness, his faith is accounted for righteousness. Just as David also described the blessedness of the man to whom the God imputes righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute iniquity. So, it's awesome that Paul's talked about it. And he goes on to say, you know, when did Abraham receive this free gift of of righteousness? Was it um, while he was circumcised or while he was uncircumcised? And it it says, you know, of course, it was while he was uncircumcised. So, there's, there's literally nothing stopping us from receiving the free gift of righteousness. There's nothing stopping us from having a confession that I've been made right with God. He sees me clean through the blood. He took away my sin. It was red. Now it's, it's white as snow. There's nothing stopping us except for faith. Um, it's, not about, it's not a matter of, oh, I've got to do this, 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 and this. You know, if you look at what, what the passage is saying about going on and being circumcised, it doesn't mean that there's not necessarily going to be some things that need doing. Um, but that's a conviction that we have to live from. That's the place we have to we have to stay in. So, oh no, I left my psalm one out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. So the other passage I wanted to just dip to was um, two Corinthians five. So we'll go there quickly. Um, Because it talks about the same thing. And I I won't read it all. It's it's a famous passage, and I'm sure you all know it talks about, you know, righteousness, not regarding people according to the flesh anymore, you know, because we're not judging ourselves by our past anymore. We're in Christ. We're taking our identity from that alone, you know. And if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, perceive, understand, realize, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. That's the same thing that we got in this psalm. And he's committed to us the word of reconciliation. Um, so the word of reconciliation, the message, the good news, the gospel, is that God is not, He's forgiven us of, of all our sin. He's actually set us free from our past, and now He's giving us the free gift of righteousness, right standing with Him. And if we will grab a hold of that and believe that truth, then grace will empower us to live in a place we've never lived before. It's called holiness, and it comes through righteousness. Grace reigns through righteousness. I'm not going there, because otherwise I'll end up in Romans 6 and everything, and my wife knows what will happen. Um, but, um, yeah, it goes on. We, now then, now then, in light of the fact that we're, we're a new creation, we're in Christ, and He's cancelled everything that we were outside of Him. You know, the other day, Oliver, 
my son, Oliver, in the car, he's seven, he said to me, um, yesterday it was, he's like, Dad, I want to get, I want to get baptized. And I said, well, why do you want to get baptized? And he said, well, I've always wanted to since you were in Shalom. It's, I've wanted to for a while. And I said, okay, no worries. I said, what do you think that means? And um, he, said, he said to me, um, he said, because, um, what did he say, honey? My sin, no, b- baptism means, yeah, my sins were red, but now he's washed me clean white as snow. And I was just like, isn't that awesome, you know, from a seven-year-old? Like, how do you, I don't even think I need to add to that. That's just, it's so good. Um, so he's, um, we're ambassadors for Christ. That's, that's our ministry. It's called the ministry of reconciliation. Ephesians 4 talks about the ministry, the work of the ministry. It's the work of the church. We're pleading with people. Be reconciled to God. He's not mad at you. He's, made, he's paid a price to forgive you. There are no strings attached. You receive it by faith alone. And he just deletes everything that you were outside of him because he never lost sight of who he created us to be. So what he does is he takes away everything that we were never meant to be, which we became through sin, and gives us the free gift of righteousness so we can become what he always created us to be. Does that make sense? Okay, good. So for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So it's actually, if you believe that Jesus became sin on the cross and took away your sin, and the the outworking is you've become right with God. That's that's just simple gospel. And then when we believe that, that's what causes us um, to, to live the life that he's calling us to live. So... I forgot to start my timer, honey, so could you maybe start one for me and let me know where I'm at? Um, Okay, so David talks about this blessedness um, and the joy that comes through believing this, but it it, it doesn't come from just a a point in time just going, oh yeah, okay, I believe that. It's it's called living by faith. And, um, but if we don't, if we don't understand that this truth that we've been made right with God, if we don't believe that we're actually clean before Him, then we, our heart will never, our heart will shy away from Him and we'll never come boldly before the throne. We'll never come into a place of intimacy with Him. And that's actually where, that's what He's calling us to. Um, he wants to know us because when God made man, he, he made us to walk with us in the cool of the day. He made us for relationship with Him, intimacy with Him. It, 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 it's, not, it's not born again and, and, and saved so that I go to heaven someday. It's, 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 it's reconciled back to the Father. Jesus said he's the way back to the Father, back to relationship, back to knowing him, back to intimacy. And, you know, God's done miracle after miracle after miracle in my, in my life. You know, a few years ago, I was a drug addict. I was um, a, way, a long way away from God. I was degenerate. I was selfish. I, I cheated. I lied. I stole. I put Isabel through hell on earth and my sons. And, you know, God's restored, miracle, miracle, our relationship's amazing. We both love Jesus, our kids love Jesus, and, you know, things have been restored, and that's amazing. But honestly, the treasure of my life is knowing Him. It's, it's, it's going for a walk at night when no one's around, and, and, and the presence of God's there, and I'm just talking to Him and hearing Him whisper things to me in my heart. And, you know, that's the treasure of my life. That is, that is the treasure. That's, that's the carrot of the gospel. That's the prize. It's, it's back to knowing Him. And because knowing Him is where we get changed. Knowing Him is where we get transformed. You know, we can know, we can know a lot about God. The devil knows a lot about God, you know. We can know a lot about God and still be mean and nasty, but knowing Him 
is where we get transformed. And we'll never be bold to come and know Him and get alone with Him and start to commune with Him until we believe the way He sees us. So that's why I've kind of really hammered that first one or two verses because, and, and you guys are singing it like, you know, it's awesome. So, um, you know, the next section, like verse three to five, I'm not going to teach it out too much because I'll just, I'll just cook my time. But when I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. I read in Proverbs this morning, Proverbs 17, um, 22. It's a, it's a famous one. I've, I've heard it a long time ago, but it says, a merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. I just thought that was interesting because this psalm, it talks about my bones growing old um, through my groaning all the long, you know, and we're talking about the blessedness or the merriness that comes with righteousness, believing we've been forgiven and justified. Um, and so... Yeah, it's just an interesting thought, isn't it? It's, um, it has a physical effect, you know? There's a, there's a blessedness in, in, in the, just in the natural, in, in your body, just from believing you've been made right with God. And then there's a burden and there's a, there's a weight and there's a heaviness and there's access to, you know, all kinds of stuff that comes through sin. And I'm sure you guys, you know, we had a, a confession time this morning, which is awesome. Um, it is awesome, you know? I'd encourage everyone not to wait for confession time um, you know, get alone with God and, 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 and confess your sin um, and, and, and speak it out to somebody as well, you know, if you need to. But um, in this passage, it talks about your hand was heavy on me, vitality was turned into the drought of summer. And then there's something changes. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I said, I'll confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. And like this, you know, there's so much stuff about confession and, um, you know, I'll, I'll just say this quickly. Ephesians 4, Colossians 3 talk about putting off the old man and his deeds, putting off sin. And really that's the dynamic of confession. Confession and repentance is never meant to be, you know, boo-hoo. Um, you know, there's a time where there's godly sorrow, there's a time where there's tears. Um, but confession, what you're doing is you're separating it from your identity. You're saying, yuck, man, that's not who I was created to be. And you're putting it off and you're putting it under the blood and it's gone. And then you go straight back to believing you've been made right with God, straight back to believing that you're clean. Or you lose three days of relationship, you get guilty and condemned and you go and stick your head in the sand and then you slowly feel like you've atoned for it and worked your way back and you just, that's a zero. Um, so... I won't go into that too much, but the, the critical point, do you say Selah or Salah? Either way, Salah. How do you say that? I don't know. I think I want to say Salah. Okay, cool, cool. Oh dear, Hebrew professor. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I acknowledged my sin to you. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Now, Guys, God knows. We know God knows. Um, but the critical point here is the turning to Him and saying, I don't want this. I don't want this. You know? Um, but one of the biggest problems that sin does is it just, it just brings, there's a deceitfulness that comes with sin. There's a deception that comes with sin. When sin comes into your life, there's, a, there's access for guilt, condemnation, and shame. Okay? And these are anti-finished works, all three of them. They're never God ever. Okay? Guilt, guilty, you're saying, I'm still not forgiven condemnation you're saying my life is worthy to be judged and shame you're saying this is still my identity so what you got to do is put it off separate it from yourself and say man 
Even if you slip into something and you should have known better, it doesn't matter you should have known better. What matters is that he's paid the price and it hasn't changed. The gospel hasn't changed. So you put it off, you put it under the blood, and then you go straight back to believing what he says. And this is David here in the last bit. He says, you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Selah. And then, um, you know, if it, it's not just like, oh yeah, I'm forgiven, but you're still feeling guilty, shame and condemnation. You've got to crush that stuff with the gospel. You've got to crush that stuff out of your life. It's not okay for the devil to make you feel guilty. It's not okay for the devil to make you feel shame. If you actually believe the gospel, then you just crush that in prayer and you put it off. Man, I've done so much junk in my life, sexual stuff as a kid. I've done, you know, I've been unfaithful. I was, I've done really, really bad stuff. The reason I'm standing here before you now is because that's not me. I mean, the, the wisdom of God is just crushes that stuff because the gospel tells me that's not even me. That guy died. I got I baptized into his death. You're not looking at that guy. You're looking at a new creation. You're looking at a man who's been ransomed by the Lord because he never lost sight of who he created me in my darkest hour. And as soon as I turned to him, he deleted all that and he said, this is the truth about you. You're my son. I love you. I know who I've created you to be. And, um, and, and here we are. We're not traumatized. We're not broken, hurting people. You know, he set us free. Um, it's awesome. So, but it's believing this, guys. That takes us into the next part, which is what I really, the strength of, of, of what I was talking about before, about knowing him, really knowing him. Believing this, that, that, that he's forgiven the, our sin, guys. You know, we've got this confession thing, but you can confess and then you can go away and still feel guilty. I mean, you can confess to your pastor and you can walk away and just be like, oh man, I should have known better you know, and you can just go that way if you want, but if you'll get, if you'll get, you know, aggressive, if you'll start to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, if you'll start to say, no, nah, that's it, it's done, it's paid for, I'm not having that, then you can, um, you know, it doesn't mean the thoughts won't come of guilt and shame and condemnation, but you just bring them into ca- captivity to, to truth, to Christ, and if we believe that, guys, it's really important, because what that will do Believing you're forgiven and justified, rendered innocent, made right with God, clean, holy, faultless, blameless, above reproach is what Colossians 1 actually says, if you believe it, if you believe it. So it's yours if you want it. If you believe that, that will cause you to come through the veil into a place of intimacy with God. I mean, when you're feeling guilty and shamed and condemned, you're running and you're hiding in fig leaves and you might still be going to church, but you're not getting alone with God. Or if you are, you spend 20 minutes like trying to think of everything wrong that you've done and trying to pray through all that. And it's actually just not, it's, 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 it's at worst unbelief and at best it's, it's misinformed, you know, um, because that's not, that's not the gospel. I'm going to read quickly from Hebrews 10. It talks about this. It says um, in verse, I'll start at 15. It's hard, man, to start there. No, I'm going to go back one, verse 14. For by one offering, Jesus, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us, for after he had said before, this is the covenant I will make with them after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, so in light of the fact there's no longer an offering for sin, it's paid for, dealt with, done, finished, 
and we've been justified, rendered innocent by faith. So it's ours if we believe it or not. If not, that's your, that's your privilege, you know. Um, Therefore, brethren, in light of all that, having boldness to enter the holiest, the holy place, the place of his presence, the place of knowing him, the place of prayer where it's just you and him and you actually come and you actually believe he loves you. We actually believe he's for you. We actually believe you have a voice in heaven. Um, we, by, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near. See, he wants us to come. He didn't open the veil just because he was bored. He opened it because he wants us in there. He wants us back in intimacy, back in his presence, walking with him in the cool of the day, knowing him. You know, it's one thing to know that we're friends of God, and it's another thing to actually know God as a friend. Does that make sense? It's one thing, like, how many of you guys have got a friend who lives overseas or something, but when you see him, it's awesome, but it's, it's a whole different ball game knowing that you've got a friend overseas, and then when you actually go overseas and spend time with them and enjoy friendship with them. Does that make sense? That's what God's calling us to. That's what he paid for. Um, but, but if we don't have boldness to enter the holiest because we see ourselves the way he sees us, not, not positionally, not theologically, literally see ourselves the way he sees us. Literally look in the mirror and like what you've become, like who you've become, and not see your past, not see your failures and your faults, but, but identify with who he says you are alone. That will cause you to come boldly into intimacy with him. And it says, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Full assurance of faith, it doesn't say full assurance of feelings. It doesn't say you're not going to experience condemnation or shame or, you know, maybe reservations. But he wants us to come boldly. He wants us to put our faith in his blood. He wants us to get alone when no one's looking and just say, thank you, God, that you love me. Thank you, you're fathering me. God, thank you, my life is yours. I'm not a product of where I've been. I'm a product of what you did. You know, he wants us to get alone and pray that way with him. That's where your heart will begin to actually know him. That's where you'll begin to commune with him. Okay? So, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. Whoa! Chapter 4, it says, He's cleansed our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. He's sprink- this is what the blood does, guys, but we've got to lay a hold of this stuff by faith. And our body's washed with pure water. So, we've been washed... Um, you know, Second Peter says, cleansed from our past sins. Um, we've got to hold fast, the next verse says, the confession of our hope. We've got to hold fast our confession that we've been made right with God. That's called living by faith. We've got to actually believe this stuff throughout the week. That's what will transform our lives. That's, you know, grace reigns through righteousness. God's, God's you know, it's God's favor, but it's much more. It's His empowerment in our life to live the life He's called us to. It's called the divine influence on the heart. And it's outworking on the life. And it reigns through righteousness. So you live with a conviction and a revelation and you're growing in that. That's why Paul said to Timothy, pursue righteousness. We, you, you, you live in that revelation and conviction and that's where, that's where grace comes. Life's not dry. Life's not a drag. Life's a gift. And it's fun, you know. It's actually fun. Life, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, being a Christian is good fun. It's, it is. It's so fun. Because um, it's, it's, every day is a good day. It's the day that the Lord has made. If this truth permeates our heart, we're done with, you know. We talked about, somebody talked about before, uh, Steve? Is it Steve? Oh, okay. I was talking, 
yeah, I know. So that's why I went with the Steve. Uh, <laughs> I was talking before about, oh, we're praying. Well, maybe it wasn't actually. Maybe it was somebody else. We're praying about circumstances and, you know, some of us might have had a good week at work. Some of us might not have had a good week at work. Ra rah, rah. But none of that changes any of this, you know? The strength of this is that um, this will actually empower you to shine Jesus in those circumstances. So whatever we're going through, we can diffuse the fragrance of Christ in that space. Does that make sense? Um, I, I am wandering off of where I'm supposed to be. How am I doing for time? Ten minutes. Really? Wow. Are you guys okay? Tracking? Um, am I communicating clearly? Yeah. Okay, so we're holding fast. Man, God said to me a few weeks ago, I was laying in my bed, right? And uh, he said, um, I want you to read the book of Hebrews and tell me why you're forgiven. And I was like, okay, you know, like, cool. God gives you a little assignment sometimes, and that's fun. Um, but I'm thinking, you know, the blood, um, you know, covenant, high priest. I'm already thinking that stuff. But... I started reading, man, and like Hebrews, Hebrews 1, I get three verses into Hebrews. <laughs> well, actually, the, straight away, verse 2 is like, you know, we've, in the past, God spoke to us through the law, through the prophets, our fathers, but in these last days, He has spoken to us through His Son. He has spoken. Doesn't mean He's not speaking. He is speaking, but He has spoken. And I was like, oh, that's one reason, because He's spoken and He said it. But I get to verse 3, and it says, after He had by Himself purged our sins he sat down and that's pretty amazing you know like i don't know what purged means to you guys but I, I i'm a plumber and gas fitter by trade so i used to purge pipelines you know i would purge the air out of a pipeline or something like that you know if you've purged something it's it's no longer in there you know he's purged our sins guys and then he sat down because um yeah i don't know it's just a thought it's just good stuff um so, anyway, I think I just wanted to share that. That's, but, you know, throughout the book of Hebrews, there's this constant message. Hold fast to your confession. Hold fast. Hold firm. You know, I just stumbled on this then, and it says, we are not of those... Oh, here we go. So, you're in need of endurance, guys. So, the, the life of faith, guys, is a life of, in the face of maybe a stumble, maybe a slip, maybe circumstances of life, holding fast our confession that we are righteous, that we have been made right with God, because that is the place where it all flows from. It's, it all flows from righteousness. It, it all comes from there. I mean, I can't, I, I can't, exp it, it's just, it, it is, you know, anybody who's unskilled of the word, the word of righteousness is a baby in Christ, because righteousness, that's, that's, that's one um, Corinthians 3 as well, that's not my opinion. Um, it's, it's where it flows from. The fruit, righteousness is right standing with God. We have been made right with God. And then there's the outworking of righteousness as well, which is any manifestation of the nature of God. So you've got boldness uh, in, in, in Proverbs, in, in, in um, Philippians, you've got purity, blamelessness, discernment. Discernment comes through righteousness. It all comes through being made right with God, being made one. You know, Jesus said that we may be one, that they may be one just as we are one. That's pretty intimate, you know. Um, so we come into this place that I'm talking about of intimacy and, and, and communion with God. Um, and then there's all these fruits of righteousness that grow on a righteous tree. You know, Jesus, make the tree good. 
If the tree is good, the fruit will be good. It's about identity. So we're believing we've been made right with God and out of that will flow, Romans 6 says, holiness comes from that place. Um, it all comes from, from living, living with that confession and that conviction. So anyway, I was trying to read a verse and I got carried away, but you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Okay, so we've got to fight the good fight of faith of believing and standing in truth of what he's saying through his word in the face of what we're feeling, in the face of what life's saying, in the face of a slip, it doesn't change the gospel. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. It's not, we're not living by faith that we're going to heaven one day. That's, 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 a, that's a very, very, very tiny, minuscule part of the gospel. The gospel's actually primarily about transformation of life it's about redeeming of the purchased possession back to what he created us to be in the garden so that we can shine our lights before men so that we can live in a way that 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 draws attention so that the world will know that the father sent the son because christ in us is the hope of glory that means that the christ in you and me in our spheres of influence is the hope of people seeing the glory of god revealed does that make sense? So it's about transformation of life. We are not of those who draw back to the perdition, to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Anyway, I've got to stay on task here, but I'll go back to the psalm, eh? So I just wanted to talk about that because it's entering boldly into that place of, um, of prayer and communing with Him that's where, that's where the magic happens. That's where we actually get transformed. Um, you know, it's possible to know lots of things about God and to, um, you know, improve your life. And I did that, you know, I got, I got, I got saved and um, I learned lots of stuff about God and I could talk a lot about God. But, my, but things really started to heat up when I started to really grab a hold of righteousness because that's when I started to be alone with Him and just stop praying about stuff. That's when I started to get alone with him and just actually start taking the truth that he's speaking over me in his word this way with him in prayer. And that's when I found out what the hiding place is, what the secret place is. That's when I found out, um, you know, that's when God became very real to me. God reality came into my life, not just theory. Does that make sense? So for this cause... You've forgiven the iniquity of my sin. Everyone who is godly shall pray to you in a time when you may be found. Surely in a flood of great waters, they shall not come near him. I had some scripture here. I'm not going to read it, but if anyone wants to, it's Isaiah 54, 7 to 10. And it's just, you know, the flood waters, I think, to me, are symbolic of judgment, but could, could be trials and things going on as well. But um, yeah, I'll just throw something out there as well. You know, the flood is the gospel. It's um, the ark is Christ. So new life comes out of Christ. In Christ, the wrath of God taken out, but in Christ, wrath of God taken out and what came out, eight righteous souls. So there's a little thing if you want to go through and read that. There's like revelation that'll come, rainbow, righteousness, finished work, judgment of God, never again, because it's carried out on Christ. It's, it's amazing. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. But um, Isaiah 54, 7 to 10, if you want to go there, that's fine. Go later but um it says you are my hiding place so david's this, this psalm takes you on a journey okay 
we're forgiven, awesome. When we're holding on to sin, not good at all. You know, things get bad, even physically things get bad. But then when he goes back to believing, he's been made right with God, he's forgiven. Then he comes back into this place of intimacy. He's got a, he's got a revelation that judgment's not coming to him because the wrath of God was taken out on the Son of God. He didn't come to, to, to bring judgment, but to bear judgment, yeah? He became sin so we could become something. So he's got that confession and he goes back into hiding place, secret place, you know? And this is where it happens, you know? Jesus said, when you pray, get alone, shut the door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place and He will reward you. He who's in the secret place will reward you in the open. What are we seeking in the secret place when no one's looking? We're seeking Him. So the reward in the open is Him. That's where we get transformed. That's where we get changed. That's where grace comes in. It's, it's when we get alone with Him and we start to believe and commune with Him, not just praying about stuff. And there is a place for that. There's a place, there's a place for praying about stuff. But honestly, my prayer life, uh, there's the intercession and things come on your heart and there's things like that. But a lot of my communion with God is just, I just usually start just thanking Him that He loves me. Um, thank, and I just spend time receiving His love. I just spend time in His presence just believing that His grace abounds towards me, that I'm believing that I'm forgiven. And what happens is, um, it actually gets into you. Your heart gets established in that truth, and it's no longer a doctrinal position or a theory. It actually becomes the eye you look through. Um, I'll just have to burn through this real quick. It says, it says, You're my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. And um, if you read Zephaniah 3.17, it talks about that as well about Him singing over us, you know, and surrounding us with His love, you know. The, the, re- the first translation I got, which someone kind of, I don't know, I guess it was kind of prophetic, but they just gave me that verse when I went into, when I went into rehab a few years ago, and it's, it's, it says, and, you know, with His love, He will calm all your fears, and it's just beautiful, man. But, you know, you can hear that, and you can go, okay, or you can, you can hear that, and you can begin to thank Him that He loves you and begin to live by faith and receive His love. You know, um, 1 John, I won't go there because I don't have time, but 1 John says, by this, actually, I will quickly go there because I can't remember it. It says, by this, we know love. By this, we know love. So by this, we understand. By this, we even have a grip on what love is. Because He laid down His life for us. That's what love does. It lays down its life. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And it, that's, one, that's 1 John 3.16, which is pretty cool, because you think of John 3.16. But anyway, 1 John 4.16 says, And we have known and believed. It doesn't say we have felt and been um, you know, physically overwhelmed by it. And it doesn't mean that won't happen. It says we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God. So the reason I want to just touch on those two verses is because it's not talking about, you're not waiting for some big revelation to come into your heart of the love of God. God's waiting for you to believe his love because he, he showed it on the cross. I say to my kids sometimes, you know, they say, I love you. I say, I love you more. And they say, I love you, you know, I'll say, I love you this much, you know? And that's the cross. If you, if, if, you know, he laid down his life. That's by this we know love. This is God saying, I love you this much. You know? 
So that can be dull in our heart, or we can actually take that into a secret place and say, God, thank you, you love me. I receive your love. Thank you, you're so for me. Thank you, God, if you're for me, no one can be against me. You know, and you start to get this truth established in your heart, and it transforms you, because we're, you know, truth sets us free. You know, it's not circumstances changing, it's perspective changing that sets us free from living circumstances. So I just want to talk about that because the strength of all this stuff, guys, in this psalm is believing it. You know what I mean? If we don't believe it, it's a poem, really, isn't it? It's actually spending time believing this, living by faith, okay? So this is, the, this is the, just the biggest thing God's ever taught me is just, you know, I used to read books and I would like feel like I didn't have much of a prayer life and I would get alone and I'd pray about stuff and God restore my family and heal my finances and, you know, stuff like that, just stuff. And, and I just always felt like there was something missing. But, but this is when it all changed, when I started just believing the Word in prayer and it's, it's just amazing. So I've got to wrap it up, but I'll just throw this idea out there. I won't go to all the passages. Jesus talks in, 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 in Matthew 7 and Luke 11. No, Matthew 6, I think. Luke 11, he talks about, you know, if your eye is healthy, yeah? Do we know that passage? If your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. So if your eye is good, um, the King James says, if your eye is single, um, and he's, what he's saying is, um, guys, if you, if, you, if you get a perspective in your life, perspective, if what you see is truth, then grace will reign through that and, and, um, and your whole body will be filled with light. It's, it's, he's talking about changing our perspective. And the, the last idea I wanted to talk about was that, and I, I don't have time to. If you want, if you want some scriptures about it, I'll give them to you. There's this idea in the New Testament, it talks about it, Paul talks about it a lot, it's called the faith. Not just, not just faith, we know faith is the evidence of things unseen, da, 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 da. but the faith. And um, I don't have time to, to sort of teach it out, but what it's talking about is the perspective of truth in Christ. And um, that's what Jesus is talking about there. In, in John 8, 32, it's famous, we all know, he says, if you, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will make you free. Um, and so it's, it's getting this perspective of truth, this perspective of who we are in Christ, established in our lives, established in our hearts. That's what, that's what changes and brings transformation. And you know, the last bit of this psalm, he talks about instructing you in the way that you'll go. And I, I believe God's prophesying here about a new covenant, about putting his spirit in us. Um, this isn't David talking, this is God talking to David. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. You With my eye, do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, that's important, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle. Riddle? Bridle. Bridle. Else they will not come near you. So it's for, because of understand, lack of understanding, they don't come near you. So when he's saying, I'll guide you with my eye, he's saying with the perspective of truth. And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. He's the truth about us. But he also said that I, I came to bear witness to the truth. 
So he's revealing to us the truth about God, and he's revealing, um, he's revealing to us the truth about us as well. So this perspective of truth, if you want some of those scriptures, I'll, I'll give them to you, but I don't have time to go into it. But this perspective of truth, of understanding that we've been justified and all the other things that come with that, purpose, value, identity, you know, all this stuff, is, it comes into this perspective in Christ that gets established in us. And, um, you know, the last two verses say, Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he who trusts in the Lord, mercy shall surround him. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, or you upright in heart. You know, it doesn't say, um, you know, it doesn't say, but he who goes to church and has been baptized, it says, but he who trusts in the Lord. So I guess the, we're talking about living by faith is the strength, is, is the strength of what we're talking about. Um, I don't know if that wraps it up or, is that good? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's pray. So, Father, we just thank you for today. Thank you for, um, God, your people and your bride and your church. And, um, God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that, um, that you've, you've given us everything that we need, God, for life and for godliness. And it's, and it's through your word, it's through your promises. And pr- I pray, God, that you would... Um, you would mark our hearts this morning and that you would draw us, Holy Spirit, into, into secret place, into intimacy with you, into knowing you, into getting alone with you when no one's looking and just daring to believe and daring to be bold and come and enter in. And um, God, I thank you that, that, that as we do that, as we come towards you, you reward those who earnestly, diligently seek you. God, we thank you that um, you know, when we come to you in the secret, you reward us in the open. And I just really pray that, God, if there's one takeaway, I pray um, that we would come to you, Lord, to know you, not just for, um, for stuff, God, but that we would come to you to know you more because it's, it's the treasure of, of life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. Thanks for having me, guys. Hope awesome. you got something.